Hello and welcome to the Selfish Podcast. I am your host, Luke Greenheart. And today we're going to discover the life, journey and story of Jedediah Hammond. But before we do, I just want to give a brief appreciation and gratitude for my patrons out there. Without you, this podcast would not exist. And if you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash Luke Greenheart. Link is also in the bio in the description. And find out some more on how you can support my podcast, my mission and my purpose and contribute. So go check that out and coach Greenheart for my holistic services. Now let's get straight to the episode. Thank you for being here. Truly appreciate it. Have a beautiful day. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Selfish Podcast. Today's guest is Jedediah Hammond, who I actually met through a Tony Robbins group and he shared his story, real personal, real heartfelt. So I just had to reach out and I wanted to know more. And I really think my audience will appreciate his authenticity, honesty, and experience. You know, I think we learn and grow from each other. And that's exactly why I created this podcast. So welcome, Jedediah. Thank you so much for being here. Can you share with myself and the audience, where in the world are you? Yes. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much for having me on this. I, I do love to do this kind of stuff. Um, so currently I am in, I'm in the U.S. I'm in Colorado. Uh, I am originally from California. I was born in Burbank. But uh, with my mother's side of the family, we moved here when I was about eight. So I've been here for a good while. Oh, nice. It's amazing in this time we can connect in an instant and use technology instead of technology using us. And that's part of why I'm on the platforms and sharing. Stuff. And I'm here in Spain, in Europe. So like we're across a massive ocean between us yet. Yeah. We're <laughs> present in an instant. So it's beautiful. Yeah. So thank you again yes. for, for being here and joining. With my Yes, of course. With my guests, I really like to get to know them. And I think there's no better place than going to the beginning. So can you paint me a picture of what life was like for you, say, pre-10 years old? Where did you grow up? And <clears throat> just how was that journey for you? What was school like and family life and as much detail as you want or as little? Yeah, for sure. No, that, that's, very, that's a really cool question um, because I actually kind of had my own little, I guess, spiritual awakening to my childhood. I blocked out my childhood for a good number of years. But pre-10, I was born in Burbank, California, sunny Burbank. And I kind of grew up as that Southern California kid, you know, rollerblading, street hockey, boogie boarding, living at the beach. Um, both my parents actually worked at Disneyland. So we went to Disneyland like all the time, <laughs> which was really cool. And it was it really was a good time um, before. So my parents split when I was uh, probably like four or five ish or something like that. So things were good. But then it did kind of get a little a little convoluted once I, I started getting a little bit older because of that disrupt. Um, but like I said, I actually kind of uh, was reconnecting with my childhood. Maybe just yesterday I went out into the to the mountains and kind of connected to that inner child again. So I was a huge fan of Pokemon, you know, video games, 90s stuff, Ninja Turtles. Um, I My dad got me into martial arts when I was five and I've been doing that ever since. Uh, I am actually a martial arts instructor. So that's uh, kind of a huge part of my my practices and, and what I do like to do as an adult now as well oh nice it was actually your profile image on on the Facebook that I saw and you're holding up to Bruce Lee and I was like ah <laughs> oh, he likes Bruce Lee as well he's authentic he's sharing his his story openly and I was just like oh, I've got to, con got to connect with him because you know? again yeah. I think we're from a similar generation and that influence it was actually my brother that brought Bruce Lee into my life and I think mm. for me when I look back on my childhood the influences I had were sort of these hero, muscular, fit action stars. Yeah, Arnold, Bruce oh. Lee, and a lot of these sort of characters. And I think what appealed to me the most was no matter what situation come, 
that they were going to not only try and conquer the situation and come out of the literal flames, but they're going to rescue people on the way. And I think from a very young age, that was like something that was in my core. Like you want to be that hero, that savior and put your life at risk to do so. You know, so <laughs> yeah. real appealing to me when I was younger. Dude, very much same. <clears throat> and I, I would, I would honestly say I still personally try to uh, incorporate that ethos into my life philosophy. You know, same. Like I grew up with Bruce Lee. Arnold is a huge inspiration for me. Um, and anime, I got huge in anime. And it, and it was, it was just that. It was just these characters overcoming challenges, using their inner strength and growing, going to that next level and just always doing their best to do good while doing that. So I relate to that hardcore. Yeah. And I think it was actually Bruce Lee for me had such an impact because what he brought into that balance <clears throat> or brought the balance in was the mm-hmm. actual side of that it's not all about violence. A lot of people see the action stars yes. as violence, violence, violence. And for me, he was the influence. It was like, it's actually really, you're working on yourself to avoid a situation, but you're also strong mm-hmm. enough to handle if something does arise, but you never go looking. Like I got into boxing when I was younger uh, to let out mm-hmm. a lot of my stress and pain. And I never wanted to compete, but it was purely because Bruce Lee said, you don't compete. You know, you don't fight to compete. So I never went into competition fighting. And I'd done it for 10 years, but it was all self-development, helping other youths, you know, getting into that training. But that was a big impact. And did you find similar similarities in yours? Oh, very much so. No, I I quote Bruce Lee all the time. He is, he is without a doubt, my truest physical inspiration of an actual living human being. Um, and, and that was what I taught my students. I taught ages from three all the way up to adults in martial arts. Uh, I'm a black belt in Jeet Kune Do. In Bruce Lee's lineage, uh, my teacher, his name is Troy Miller. He was trained by a guy named Ron Baliki, who was trained by Dan Inuosano, who trained with Bruce Lee. So I'm like four tiers down nice. of the lineage. And, and that, that's what it's always been for me. Like martial arts has always been the spiritual development, self-mastery, just improving, trying to be the best human being and person that you can be. But having the knowledge and the skills to defend yourself if need be, to protect yourself, your friends, your family, you know, whoever it is. And it doesn't even have to come to, to physical blows, but to have the, phys- the character inside to where you could stop a fight before it even begins with your eyes, with your demeanor, with your speech, you know. So, so Bruce Lee, yeah, no, that, was a, that was the hugest thing. It's the art of fighting without fighting, yeah. right? Like yeah. that, that was always my favorite. Yeah, and I think when I look, when I look, I like to now later in life, I really break down words and look at them. And I look at martial arts, and I'm like, arts is like expression, say, and then mm-hmm. martial is to master, to master the the expression of your being, you know. And it's like you're constantly going through that development of what should that look like, how should it look, how should that behavior be. And like I said, it's a path of growth. What I'm seeing a lot at the moment is so many things where people are like, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. And I saw your video on like transformation and there's like transformation and growth is a, maybe a, a nicer term for some people to have that you should always be transforming. You should always be growing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it comes down to sort of core identity and, and things and what you feel you are, who you are, but we should always be looking for that growth. I think always on that pursuit of more growth, more balance, more harmony. Oh, very, very, very much so. Um, that's actually one of my favorite quotes by Bruce Lee is the process of continuous growth. We're always growing, whether we want to or not. And that, that is the, the tricky thing for a lot of people. Um, because I think I agree with you, you know, the word change, they're like, oh no, change. Like that, that puts like a weird, like bad kind of sign over. But if it's growth, 
that's something you're going to do no matter what. A six-year-old is going to become a 10-year-old, whether he wants to or not, you know, but it is, it's how do we, how do we incorporate ourselves as most authentically as we can as we grow, you know, are we growing into who we truly are, right? I think, and I think that that was another, you know, part of the martial arts is it's, it's the expression of your own authentic character. Who are you as a character? You know, not trying to emulate so-and-so, not trying to copy some other group of people, but really digging deep into, into the core of yourself and, and discovering what can you become, right? In your, in your most authentic form. Yeah, man, beautiful. And what was, when you was younger, what was, and it may be something to do with martial arts, but what, what do you remember being your, say, first ambition or dream or desire? Something you wanted to grow into when you was young. Do you remember? I do. <laughs> uh, a couple things. I, I wanted to be a Pokemon master. That was that was definitely a dream of mine. I had to become a Pokemon master. Um, I used to have the dream of being like a pop star. <laughs> I got really into like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and stuff like that. And I thought that'd be really cool. But the one thing that has always stuck with me ever since I was a kid was I wanted to be a true hero. I wanted to be a true hero to people because so my parents split when I was very young. And I remember just always trying to save everybody, trying to bring my family back together, trying to protect my sister from from the fights of my parents, you know, trying to always just like go the extra mile to, to do good like that. I just wanted to do good. And then, you know, and then incorporating the martial arts, incorporating Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Bruce Lee, Donnie Yen, all of these incredible martial artists. Um, and then the comic book heroes, you know, the anime people that I, that I looked up to, it's like, I just, I want to do good for people. I want to save people. I want to, how can I, you know, become the strongest that I can be so that I can help people. So that is a very, like, I guess you could say that's like a, like a very esoteric thing to, to want to become, but it's something I still strive for. You know, I, I strive to be more patient every single day, more compassionate, um, more, you know, as kind as I can be to other people. Um, and, and truly give my all where I can, even in the simplest situations. Like just the other day, uh, this older gentleman was at the, the grocery store because I was looking for something. And he's like, excuse me, sir. Like, I can't see very well. Can you help me find double-sided tape? And I was like, oh, yes. Like, I was so happy. I was like, ah, I found it. Like, I did something. And it was just a small little thing. And he's like, oh, thank you. God bless you. And I was like, very welcome. You know, so it's to be able to enjoy moments like that, too, to just be like, yeah, I can, I can help you, you know, however I need to. Yeah, and I can really resonate with that. And I'll tell you what an obstacle mm -hmm. was with for me during that journey, because that sort of was there from such a young age. And mm -hmm. then like through my early 20s, it was the problem of like seeing so much suffering. And it was like, if, you're, mm -hmm. if you use this as a metaphor, like everyone's got a nail sticking out of them somewhere and I've got a hammer. And I'm like, I can tidy that up. I can tidy that up. But then being overwhelmed with like wanting to save, help, aid, whatever it was, be of service, you know, give my energy. It's like, and then that became its own suffering, you know, for a long time that it's like, you can't help every problem that you see, but you can't yeah. help but see every problem that's there, <laughs> you know? And it took a while yeah. to be like, <laughs> you can be of your best influence, but you can't control others' journeys. Yeah. But when the opportunity arises, you welcome it and you do what you can. And I had to sort of follow that path. And whereas it was a little bit, say, not forced, but I felt like I needed to go out and mm. be the constant hero. You know, look for right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that. I was I was kind of the same way in my my like late teens, early twenties. You know, because because you do you want to help, you want to help. You're like I can help you, but trying to take on everybody, it it is exhausting. And then you know, for me personally, I'm I don't know about you, but like I I forgot myself. You know, I forgot to take care of myself at certain points, and then and then that became it does almost become degrading. Not uh, like degrading in the sense of like you're just taking away your own energy, um, and so yeah, like I like I get that one completely. Yeah, no, that was definitely the same for me. It took a long <clears> time. Like <throat> I, with my story, my mum suffered. Like my parents divorced similar age to your parents, about five years old. <clears throat> but it wasn't so much that that I remember when I think of the trauma. Like that didn't stick out because my mum was actually developing severe mental illness and she had severe schizophrenia. And so then when she became a single mother with my brother and me, and my brother's a few years older, like three years older, um, we had a really chaotic, traumatic upbringing that was just unbelievably bizarre. And that was what installed in me. But I became her carer from a young age with my brother. And we were like doing responsibilities that adults sort of do if they do do. <laughs> and so I became that and I wanted to strengthen myself. So one, be able to look after her and to be strong enough to handle it. But in the same time, I had to numb myself to feelings of pain and suffering. And it was like, I thought I understood health and I went down the fitness route. So I was always exercising, watching what I eat, you know, and I, I dismissed all spiritual sort of practices and religions and everything because I was like, I haven't got time for it, but I've prayed and my prayers haven't been answered. So I just need to go out alone, <laughs> you know, and you become this militant style person. And I call it an inner dictator. I developed an inner dictator mm. who was cracking yeah. me with a whip to do my actions. And it took yeah. time to say, break that pattern and actually start to be the hero for my inner self, for my actual yeah. self, you know, to come to my own rescue you know, and, to, and to start that journey so I can be of better service. So it's sort of like, that's why it's called the selfish podcast, because I selfishly love to serve. You know, but it's about oneself. It's but it's also selfish. You know, and it's that cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's so. That is so cool. I had the exact same journey. I did the exact same thing. I used to. I used to call it self-flagellation. It was like becoming a martyr because, like, like I did the exact same thing. I I, I dove into into my weightlifting so hard because my mother suffered from mental illness as well uh not schizophrenia but bipolar disorder and she used to like like blow up conniption fits like the scariest fucking screaming in your face like she used to slap me she would take whatever i had in my hands and just break it against the wall you know like young like i was like maybe like 10 or 12 or something like that um she told me that i was dead to her at one point in time you know and <clears throat> she started to develop cancer and that's when she's like, she started to shift because of that. And so she started to like really trying to dig into herself spiritually and heal, but it was already kind of like the cancer had already kind of taken hold. And then very much same, like I was, I, I had to become that hero. I had to become that champion again. So I just, I worked out every single day for like six hours at a time, no sugar, no bullshit, stopped hanging out with people. It was gym and home and that was it. And, you know, but it was also saying, like, I closed myself out as a person. I really did. I, I closed myself out as an emotional person. I, I, I put on the bravado of stoicism and masculinity that I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I can handle all, all things. And then she passed. And that just shot all that straight up again. Like, that destroyed that image. And it, like you, it showed me how much, um, how much I shut myself out spiritually 
emotionally, sensitively, how to be, how to be um, more authentic in my speech and my approach instead of just trying to bullhead my way through all challenges and becoming that dictator, right? Like, no, no, this, no, that, no, this, and just that, that did finally crack. And, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at now too, is like, you know, expressing myself as a more caring person, you know, maybe t- anytime I see like an older woman, I'm like, Oh, I have to help. <laughs> yeah. And that's really interesting that your mother <clears throat> suffered mental health. And like you said, in that bipolar, because mm-hmm. what I noticed now, again, it's something you reflect on later. Like at the time when you're going through, it's really hard to, even contemplate what's actually happening other than pain and stress you know so it's like you don't yeah, yeah, know yeah. what to do you know it's a bit crazy mm-hmm. and like i said if it weren't for boxing and sports and bruce Lee and these things i don't think i'd literally be here right now my dad was great but i hid everything from him because i didn't want him to know the craziness i didn't want to hurt my mom even though what she was doing didn't always wasn't right say um I, there was this underlying feeling that i felt like she did love me even when it was bad times you know the same there yeah. that was a connection and it was like tried my best to always be there for her regardless of what she did or said or how things went but it also made me extremely controlling in scenarios because my whole upbringing was out of my control and unexpected scenarios would happen when I least expect them I was talking with my love Danielle today because she she came from behind me and made me jump and I and I turned around fast and like a reaction like you know, like you go to block yourself. You always <laughs> yeah. just block yourself. You always said to block and I said to her, yeah, right. so it was my whole beginning childhood. And I was laughing about it, whereas I wouldn't be before. And I was going, yeah, because my childhood, I had to protect myself. And I always felt like I had to have my defenses up for the unexpected. You know, I used to like barrier up my bedroom door because I didn't know what was going to happen. So I'd move all my furniture and block it to go to sleep. You know, so you got that imprinted into you that it's like you've got to be defensive, you know? Mm. You've got to be on aware, just always aware, always wired, always thinking. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it is kind of a, a crazy um, process to be able to bring that down to the same, you know, from my martial arts, like, like for the past uh, three years, I've been teaching martial arts. So I was also like in it all the time. And even when my mom was sick, I was still practicing my martial arts. So like same, like my hands were up all the goddamn time. Like I always had my guard up no matter what. And then even in, you know, even in like new situations, new scenarios or whatever, like your girlfriend's scaring you, you're still like, ah, like don't like, come on. Like, why would you do that? Um, that's really cool. I think, I think it's really cool that to, uh, to have somebody who gets that because it is a very unique situation, right? Like, cause I had the same thing with my mom, like internally, deep down, I knew that she loved me. And I think that's why that, that like messed with my head the most. It's like, I know that you care about me and I know that you love me, but you're beating the shit out of me. Like what's, what's the deal. And, and it created in myself, I don't know if you experienced this, but a very kind of like severed image of myself. It's like, I knew I was loved, but I was told I was bad. You know, I knew that I was, I was cherished, but I was treated like shit. So it's like, what's, what's true. Right. And so it is a very interesting journey. To me, me it was a little different because of my mom's illness. It made her just leave. She wasn't so much bipolar. Like I said, her clinical diet, uh, what's it called? Uh, Diagnosis was like severe schizophrenia and depression and Mm. started as depression. And then they went to that and, she would just have very bizarre behavior. She would be like, you see in the movies, the person pushing a trolley, screaming, chatting to herself. Like she'll be having full blown arguments mm. sometimes when no one's there, middle of the night, 
you know, or she'll grab me and hold me down like she's protecting me from something and be shouting at it and talking to it, holding a knife to, to an invisible force while pinning me down to protect wow. me. As a child, I'm like, one, you're like, what's here? Who's there? <laughs> you know, when you're really yeah, young, yeah. maybe something is there. So you're also terrified of that. But then I was also mm -hmm. terrified, like I'm like, her behavior ain't 100% normal. Is she going to turn that knife on me? You know, so you've also mm. got that defense and it's like these sort of things are happening. But then it also gifted me a heightened sense of awareness. I started looking at my friends. I look at how they treat mm. their parents. And their parents are making them dinner. And I'm like, I don't get dinner made. Mom's like, and you're going to have a go at your mom? You're going you're gonna to moan at her? And it blew my mind as a kid. I could see these yeah. little things. And then it made me really appreciate like, oh, one day when I've got someone like these little things really do make a difference. Mm. You know, these little acts that make a difference. I'm never going to talk that way or answer that way or do you know you just start to notice things and you're hyper aware so i see it now yeah. my mom was my biggest gift in life she easily mm -hmm. was you know and she was my biggest trauma in life but yeah the way i see it is your trauma is your drama and your drama is your story we wouldn't have watched a single bruce lee film if there weren't some drama <laughs> involved you know what hero doesn't yeah. have drama <laughs> that's that's true yeah and 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 same like like as as crazy as it was like my mom was my superhero you know, I care about her so deeply and, and I personally would not be where I am without that, without everything, the good and the bad. Like I would not be, we wouldn't be who we are. We wouldn't be attempting to be better. We wouldn't be trying to, to show other people, you know, there can be another way to go about this whole thing. You don't have to be a dickhead all the time. You know, you can be nice, even though you've come from crap, you know, even though you've come from a, a gunky place, you can always you can always choose which direction you, you want to take. And so I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I remember, <clears throat> I think I brought it up on an old episode once. It was something I heard and it was meant to be a true story. I don't know if it is or not, but it makes sense either way. And it's about like a famous psychiatrist in like the 60s or something. And he had two twins mm. who were raised by a really abusive alcoholic father. And one grew up to be a man of faith, wouldn't touch alcohol. And all he cared about is a community. The other one grew up as an addict, was abusive and just like his father. And he asked him individually, he's like, why do you behave how you behave? And the one full of love goes, well, you, you know the story about my father. And the one that's not addict says, you know the story about my father. They gave the exact same answer, but complete bipolar reactions to it. And I think that's our mm -hmm. free will. You know, we have the choice on how we want to perceive an experience and we can choose whether we're going to grow with it or whether we're going to shrink and shrivel with it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, it, it, that's, that's one of the biggest things that, uh, that I've found is it's no matter what, it's up to your choices. You can, ch you choose how you react. Like, yes, X, Y, Z might've happened to you, but you can choose what to do with that information or that, that, that scenario. And, um, yeah, that's, that's actually one of like my favorite, favorite stories. Cause it is, it's interesting how, how dramatic it can be. And the funny thing is, is most people think it's, um, like you've heard the quote, like life happens for you, not to you. Yep. <laughs> a, lo a lot of people think it's happening to you. And so that's, that's what I found is when they do kind of turn that needle the other way, like, oh, this happened to me. So I'm this way. Instead of saying like, oh, this happened to me, I'm going to fix that and I'm going to become better than it, or I'm going to, I'm going to grow from it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I find the obstacle with that for some people is they go, yeah, but if it's really crappy and I'm like, but you have a choice on your perception. One makes you more productive, will get you more friends, will make you just a more pleasant person to be around. And one won't. 
So why not go for the, that one? So when life happens for you, just that perspective shift, when a chaos hits, you go quickly to how can this serve me? And how can I use that there for in service? You know, and I call it yeah. faith fitness. It's my term that I sort of, mm. so I was always into fitness and you measure fitness by how quick you can adapt, like how fast you can go for a run and then get back to the rest in heartbeat, for example. So I'm like, if something mm -hmm. really dramatic happens, then it feels like life just kicked me in the ass to say, how quickly mm -hmm. can I get back and go, thank you for that. You've blessed me and this is a gift and I'm going to use it. How quickly can yeah. I do that in every moment? And then every challenge becomes a little bit of a fun game to better yourself and the harder it is. Like I was talking to Daniel yesterday and I said, it's a bit like, you know, in every martial arts film, I think there's, they say sensei, they're the wise master. And for the mm -hmm. period of the hero's development, it looks like torture. They're suffering. <laughs> and, the, and the master doesn't tell them exactly why, but eventually they find out every single yeah. step and every single thing was done from a place to develop you. <laughs> and it's actually for your own betterment and your own good. Then the hero's like, actually, do you know what? I'm going to come back for more. <laughs> and I said, life's like that. I said, the dramas we get, what we get delivered. I said, it's like there's this wise sensei testing us and he's teaching yeah. us. He's like, are we going to learn the lesson? But once we feel like have the perception, like this is the lesson we're learning, it changes your way that you actually don't welcome challenges. But if they do come, you go straight to that growth. Mm -hmm. Shit, yeah. <laughs> Too, uh, I love that so much because that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, as as a current martial artist, like my teachers have beat the shit out of me. Like I, I've definitely been through some stuff, but it is like there does come a point. I think if we allow ourselves to open our eyes and see it for that, it's like oh i'm learning something here and if i can now see it that means i can apply it and the more that i apply it the better i'm going to get at it and the more confident i'm going to be next time and then you and then yeah if you can just keep that going you just get more and more confident and and it, it feels it feels good when you can come from that place and I, and i love your um uh how did you say it uh, fitness by faith faith faith, faith fitness, fitness. Because faith, fitness, faith okay. to me, well, faith was a taboo word for many years because I was like, right. always said I'm a 99% atheist. You know, I could never mm -hmm. be an absolutist. I think that was because of the, say, where I came from, everything was uncontrollable. So I could never 100% mm -hmm. say anything. But I was like, 99%, right. there's nothing, you know? Life doesn't happen mm -hmm. for any reason. happens because of reasons. And I was very sort of dogmatic mm -hmm. and uh, very precise with my, say, belief system. Whereas now I don't belong to any religious group. I'm full of faith, faith for life, that life is serving me in every moment. Cool. I like that a lot. Because um, my mine, what, what I do for my practice is, is compassionate courage. So <laughs> it's very kind of, it's very kind of similar because uh, it does. It takes, it takes courage to go the soft route, right? Like the art of fighting without fighting. It takes courage to be that softer martial artist or that softer um, just person, right? Because we can, we can, we can develop the shields, we can build the walls, we can hold our, we can hold our ground, stay firm, and never change. It's just err and set sediment, right? But I found that it takes courage to really step into that unfamiliar flow and the trust you know that faith trusting trusting the universe source god magic whatever the heck you want to call it and 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 to, to step into that um the compassionate nature that wants to learn that wants to grow that wants to get better and and then does see it as a 
as a challenge. And, and like you said, it almost becomes like a game, right? You're like, Ooh, I'm getting better. This is cool. Like, I don't know what's happening because it's unfamiliar, right? Because I can't control it. Like you said, you know, there's a lot of things that we can't control, but we can always control ourselves. And, and I think if we can get in that playful, courageous, compassionate nature to kind of take it as a challenge, it's still going to suck. I mean, I still don't like getting punched in the face. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I'm better at it and, and I can take it a little bit better, you know, and, and it does kind of just become exciting to, to, to really expand and grow. Yeah. What, what about when you was younger, say when life was hard, let's say like 10, 11, it sounds like at mm -hmm. that point before you sort of going through that, say puberty stage and developing, but like when you're, you're still a child and you've got a lot of stress and pressure going on in your life, was there any thing at that moment that gave you a little bit of balance, a little bit of harmony, like art or fighting or anything that you did then or musical? Yes, it, it actually was music. So I've been, um, I've been singing my entire life. Uh, my grandmother used to tell me stories that when I was two, like in the infancy, like I was singing, I would sing to myself, I would lull myself to sleep. And that became, yeah, that became my comfort space. So anytime any sort of like, like my parents were fighting or something bad was happening at school, I would always like either find a corner or like a little space that I could go to and I would just sing to myself and, and that would really soothe me. Um yes. I, I'll, I'll probably mention that a couple of times. I love Pokemon. <laughs> that was, that was also another, uh, like escape for me. Cause it was, it was something genuine. It was sweet and wholehearted and you played as a 10 year old kid and you're traveling with these magical monsters and like you're going to save the world and change things. So that was kind of another, um, you know, cause I was never really like a, a violent kid. I was scrappy, you know, I was scrappy. I'll, I'd punch you back, but I was like, I'm not going to look for aggression. I'd rather just have a good time. So it's either Pokemon, um, singing, um, and drawing. Yeah, I love to doodle. You know, art. A lot of art and creation was my was my playground. Yeah, and same for me. It was just drawing pen and paper. It, sort of mm -hmm. them things were were a distraction. And then when I got a console, like I grew up on Nintendos and yeah. Zelda, Nintendo sixty four <laughs> was sort of my generation. And it was like I could lose myself yeah. in a game of Zelda to the point where I forgot about. Some, I turn the volume up, but you know, so I can't hear my mum, and it'd mm -hmm. be like I can disappear into this little world, and it really helped. Yep. You know, and then, then, it, and then oh, it was, so much. It was like that was an escape, but it was helping. It was a helpful escape, you know, because there wasn't someone there to to literally take you out to do something. You know, there wasn't the right. sort of uh, stability or environment, and it wasn't like there's online like you can connect with people. You know, there weren't yeah. no one to talk to anyway, so it's not like you can just go online <laughs> and chat to people. You know, all the games were cartridges. <laughs> yep. No connecting to that another world, another load of people. So I can't imagine the difference for the generation growing up now to how, to a sense, like I said, like technology, some of it's going to be really helping some people. And obviously with everything, there's duality and some of it's really abusing them. <laughs> mm -mm. It's always going to be that way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I definitely agree you know because because it was it was it was the same with me and, and like my game boy was just my little game boy color and that was it it was just me in, in my little my plastic gray screen right but we do like we we just we get so sucked in and and it does create a safe space for us and it is a very like i i, I forget that sometimes i forget that kids today are so connected like they're almost connected from birth <laughs> like out the womb, there's a tablet in their hand. They're already connected to the entire internet. And it's like, what the heck is that like? You know, as, as kind of 
people who we almost grew up by ourselves. We grew up individually, you know, like you said, didn't really have, you know, like mom or dad to take us out and go do things or whatever. Um, it, I think it does create a sort of like stalwart in ourselves that we've gotten so accustomed to. I can take care of things by myself because I had to take care of things by myself, you know, cook our own food. Like I remember doing laundry at like eight or nine or something like that. And then now to see kids who, which, which I think, like you said, I think it is good because they know that they can ask people for something. They know that they can ask questions because they can just Google it. You know, for us, it was like, you know, how big is a blue whale? You know, and like, how the heck are you going to find that? Except for, except for like going down to the library or something like that. But now kids, they're so connected to information. They're so connected to each other, which I do think is a good thing, but it can get to that like addiction point where it's just like too much processing for their brains and they just like they throw fits and it's like okay how, where's where's the balance of this right because technology i personally think is beautiful i love technology i love gadgets i love gizmos but i also understand the beauty and the serenity of like you being outside right now like that that looks beautiful right now yeah, and like I said, I'm sitting here with a laptop, a camera, and headphones. I've got technology around me, but also in nature, and it's like it's beautiful to have the duality, to have both. Mm-hmm. But there is something just like when I was younger, my dad used to take me away on the weekend. Nearly every weekend, he would come and take us for the weekend, and he would take. Mm-hmm. He was really poor, so he didn't have a lot of money. So he like bought an old van and put some like mattress in it, and slowly tried to build like his own little camper van. And we'd go like. Yeah. illegally sort of park up somewhere we never went to a campsite we'd go just park on a beach in the middle of nowhere where no one is there's no shops or nothing and they just sort of like let us just play and do our thing and like now i look back and go oh my god that's like that's what kept me at least sane you know that's what actually saved me that but like i said we also sheltered ourselves <laughs> from that was another escape like the computer games it was like forget everything that happened in the week don't talk about it don't bring it up but then Sunday comes and it's like, oh, what am I going back to? What's going to happen? What's the rest of the week going to be like? This <laughs> is, and it was like that for me. How how was if you don't mind? Like you said, your father brought you into martial arts. Like how mm-hmm. was his life like with you in your relationship when you was going through all that in your younger life? Did you hide it? It was it was so so. Yes, I, I did. I did very much the same thing. Um, it was always kind of an interesting journey. So when I was a kid. Uh, pre pre Colorado, right? That's kind of how I quit my life because I moved out to Colorado when I was eight, but I had an entirely different existence in California. Like that whole life was completely different. Um, during that time, I only remember good things about my dad. I really do. Uh, there were times that I do remember he like scared me, but he never like hit me or or yelled at me I, he raised his voice you know his favorite thing was like i'll give you something to cry about you know like that was that was what I, but he never did anything but i remember he was a carpenter you know he worked for disney um disneyland and he, he built a lot of the stuff so he just had those carpenter hands like it's just rock solid and i remember like if he would grab me like he was just so strong like it scared the living crap out of me but there was never never anything bad that i can remember but I remember when my parents split and I moved to Colorado, my mom wouldn't let me speak to him. So from eight to about 14 or 15, 
I lost all contact with my dad. I wasn't allowed to call him. I wasn't allowed to, to anything around him. Um, so there was a very strange moment in time where I lost that male influence. And then it was just me, uh, my mom and my sister and my grandmother and my aunt. So I had a lot of feminine influences. And so I myself became very feminine. You know, I myself became very, very like soft. Like I would, I wasn't really allowed to be masculine because it would make my mom mad um, because of whatever happened between them. And so the first time that I like encountered my dad, I had kind of shut away that child that he knew because it was the same. Like we used to go to the beach. We would go to the ballpark. We would throw a ball. We'd go boogie boarding. We'd go freaking body surfing, you know, whatever. And, and I love that stuff. You know, like I almost drowned several times getting sucked up into rip curls and I'd like get out of the water, but oh, let's do that again. And I would just run right back into the water. You know, <laughs> I, would just, I, was, I was that crazy boy child, but then having that, um, kind of disconnect from him, I wasn't allowed to express that. So the next time that I saw him, I didn't know how to connect with him because I had grown in a different way. And this is where his wounds began to affect me because he was very like emasculated as a child. He was very abused by his father for being sensitive, for being a poet, for being an artist, for loving music. You know, my dad's 70. My dad is 70 years old. Um, and so he grew up in a completely different era and he had a lot of toxic masculine traits that in like my middle school to high school years definitely negatively affected me. Like he, he, he called me his black daughter one time because I love, I love African-American, um, comedians and artists. Like I thought Eddie Murphy was the funniest person on the planet. Um, Bill Cosby, um, you know, just anybody. I just thought they were cool. Mike Tyson, they're just beasts. And he used to give me shit from that because he grew up in an area where that wasn't okay. Right. And so there has definitely been some healing, um, in the, in, in the recent years, I'm, I'm truly understanding how to like approach him as, as like an adult man, you know, as not that, that little boy anymore. And to tell him, it's like, no, I've got this now. It's like, I'm in, in charge of my life. Thank you. But I do love and respect you still, but there were some things, um, that came about after my mother's passing that like really kind of like shifted some things in my, in my relationship with him. So it, you know, good and constructive criticism, I guess. <laughs> yeah, nice. So interesting. And I can relate so much to certain parts in slightly different ways. And like with my mom's mental illness, what was so challenging when I was younger, is she would talk so badly about my father, but I could never mm-hmm. see it. And as I yep. grew up, and luckily I didn't listen to it because a lot of stuff she said didn't make sense. A lot of stuff she could accuse me or my brother of I knew wasn't true, you know, and it would happen mm-hmm. in, when she's in a sort of really bad state. So it was like when she said the stuff about him, it was like, I've got to take this with a pinch of salt or someone would say, like, mm-hmm. you always have that doubt still. It's always running because you're hearing this from someone that's your mother, you know. So yeah. like, when I was younger, I was just like, am I missing something? Is, is, is there something here? You know, and some some other family members are going to be on her side, even though she was like delusional. They still they start to have it. So you start to realize that even the sort of her siblings are like looking down at my dad like he's someone bad. You know, and yeah. it's like when I grew up, I was like, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. She was going through that. He didn't know how to connect with her, but she then just didn't want him because of the illness. And they didn't really even have a problem. He loved her till the day she died. She died last year, and like he said mm. that, like he he never stopped loving her. 
you know that was something that just went and it broke his heart and i got to see and have them conversations with him ask him about how they met and you know and actually have them like you said them grown-up conversations where we're coming at it as two human beings who've had experiences you know and telling him saying like when i share my past the only reason i didn't before is i didn't want to hurt you and i'm not sharing it now to hurt you you know because i noticed yeah. that when i started telling him about like just some of the stuff that happened with my mom it was breaking his heart because he weren't there again to save or to change it yeah. and he can't undo the past and he always felt like burden i think of wanting to do that and like you said with your father's father his father was very there's no emotional expression that they had again different generations he put my dad into boarding school you know and said like you just work you do your stuff you don't talk about emotions they never had a deep talk he doesn't know how he, he never met his mum, but he never knew even what happened to her never had that conversation with his dad you know and then like his dad passed like last year as well and it was like and he was just telling me he's like oh i never had that connection with him and i said that's exactly why i keep trying to talk to you <laughs> just for, <laughs> remind him so we don't have that so i'm always digging in and trying to have deeper and longer conversations but i can see for him sometimes like he just literally doesn't know how he yeah. often say to me he'd be like oh, i don't ring so often because i had nothing to say and i said just ring anyway i said i've got loads to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 dude oh that's beautiful thank you for sharing that like that's 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 so beautiful because i i mean for me sometimes it is kind of it's it's touchy to get to that spot especially for me with like, like my dad like my dad was my fucking hero as a kid yeah. like i absolutely and i do i still love him i adore him to this day and it was kind of the same thing like after uh after my mom passed you know he was like it, it hurts but i'm happy i don't have to pay child support anymore and it's like that's kind of a crappy thing to say, but you know, I, what, I don't know your guys' relationship, so yeah. I get it. Um, and yeah, like my family, everybody just dogs on my dad. I'm like, my dad's a champ. He survived cancer. He's still here. He's seven years old. He's still practicing martial arts. He still runs in the mountains every day. And it's like, dude, how is that not cool? So to, to come at it at, at this stage in our lives, to, to meet them, as men, you know, as, as grown adults now, it's like, Hey, you know, it's like, let's get, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know our lives and, you know, what does it mean to be, to exist as father and son, but now grown up kind of. Yeah. It's like, and like, not as like two friends, but sort of have a friendship, you know, not just, uh, like I was telling my dad, I was like, like, I don't just want to be a friend. I I want to give back to you. You know, it's like let yes, me do something yeah. for you. Let me take care of you. It's like trust that I also have learned stuff in my life now that I can actually yeah. help you. Like, That's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so it's like and yeah. bridging that gap. And like I said, the main thing I learned through my own personal journey was that inner dictator and changing that and rewiring myself required lots of self love practices. I didn't realize yeah. that that changed my self love. You know, I didn't know I didn't love myself deep down. I wasn't treating myself, like I said, how I treat others. So changing that, and then I had to develop into what I'd say is unconditional self-love. And that's where I found balance and stability. But to have unconditions, you need to have no expectations, which means that there's nothing to judge. So you lose all your self-judgments. And when I lost my self-judgments, then I didn't have to judge anyone else. You know, I could just let them be. And like I said, I can offer mm -hmm. influence, offer opportunity, but I don't have an expectation on their behavior from it they're independent from me so but that also yeah. gifted me with my father i was like he can do what he wants but i'll be the best influence to him i possibly can 
but I don't, yeah. I don't have any judgments for its behavior or past behaviors or current behaviors, you know? So he can do something that winds me up. It's up to him. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, eh, yeah. that's who you are. And that's what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's no problem. <laughs> I'm still here. If you yeah. Want. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, that's, that's such a cool place to come from. Um, Cause same, you know, that's, that's really been my, my delving into right now and and what was funny is like as you're as you were saying that one thing that i've actually been doing speaking of unconditional love is i learned this from a friend of mine is i talk to myself how i would if i saw a dog <laughs> right out loud like, or... it, oh yeah no like yeah. out loud like i'll do it like if i'm in my car i'm sure i look crazy but like like think about it at least for me, and, and I'm I'm not sure about you or not, but like I'm a huge animal person, especially dogs. I love dogs. And what do we usually give dogs? Unconditional love. We don't give up what they do. We love them. If they shit on our on our floor, if they chew up our favorite whatever, we're like, oh, you son of a gun, I still love you, right? And so I've almost been having to like step into that, and 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 then same kind of transferring that into the react into the the interactions with our with our fathers you know to and and i don't know if this if it was the same way for you but it was almost intimidating for me to like not stand up to my father but stand in front of him and be like yes i i know some stuff that you might not know allow me to share my information with you as well you know that was that was a big thing for him and and I and i you know like you said it's just like i have to let you respond how you're going to respond because that's who you are but i still love the shit out of you yeah no, definitely and as to the animals i also, i have a dog and i have five yeah i saw it running dog, around yeah i was gonna say my dog i don't know if he made it in the camera or not but he's running around the cats and the dog all walk together danielle's literally just taking them for a walk now so they oh. all go for a big family walk <laughs> but, that's um, awesome yeah no definitely the sort of like you said talking to yourself with that how we treat animals and how mm -hmm. we like you said you don't have these expectations on them so much like maybe a little bit but not you don't really you know and i think depending on yeah. what, how bonded you are with it sometimes they can get away with so much you know and, yeah yeah you know my doggy can fart and like it's the most horrendous thing in the world but you still laugh about it nah, yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> or you'll bark and go mad at someone and it'd be really embarrassing but like that little frustration where you calm them down but you don't hold it against them you know yeah no it's, it's just like no. you're allowed a little outburst now and then that's fine and we've got to have that for ourselves like for me yes. the, the sort of what was the hardest was representing outside how i feel inside was a real obstacle i was going through my same mm -hmm. process and this was only maybe four or five years ago and i was feeling really good inside for the first time in my life you know i was like oh, mm -hmm. i'm practicing this self-love i feel great i'm like having these different feelings and emotions and feel this freedom that i've never felt you know everything's lifting off me i'm feeling lighter and danielle said to me one day like she's come to me and her head's tilted she's like you okay and i was like almost insulted i was a little bit defensive and i went well i'm feeling great i was like what's wrong and she goes well you don't look it and i took a pause and i was like wait do i not do i still not look like i feel and i realized that inside i felt a certain way and i couldn't represent that externally you know i still had a miserable looking sour face i didn't smile throughout the day i was cold looking i still had what i'd conditioned myself that hard and stern being that i had to develop over years and then i started challenging myself i was like Do you know what? i'm gonna try and always look how i feel now i'm gonna go on a walk and i imagine that someone's filming me 
and it's like a silent movie and you should watch it and go that person's having a wonderful walk ain't they enjoying their walk mm-hmm. maybe they got a little skip in their step a little smirk they wave and say hello to passers-by and you go wow they're having a really good walk and i had to do, and that was so hard it was so so yeah. hard. You know? no it's not <laughs> But that really, I had to train myself. It was like going to the gym. It was like going on the bag for, for hours, you know, and really pushing yourself. It was like yeah. it was such an obstacle. <laughs> Dude, same. Because it, it, it's uncomfortable, right? It's a, it's uncomfortable, especially from, from a fighter, from a boxing standpoint, from martial artists. You're just all the damn time. Like this is the, I, I even noticed like from, for me, like my posture was so forward and closed off. Like my chest was always back, hands were up and like chin was always down. And I've, I've had to do the same thing. And I, I love so much that, that you, you, you equated it to like, if somebody had a camera on you, like, I think about that too. It's like, what if somebody was actually watching me right now? Like, how would I actually act? Not in the sense of like, oh, I'm being watched. I need to be yeah, perfect. Not paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to like freak yourself out, but it's like more in the sense of like, okay, if I really want to exemplify as, as a stand-up hero and somebody who does good for the world, you know, what does that person look like? Am I brushing my teeth? Am I taking care of my, my physical, mental, and emotional health? Am I smiling? Am I choosing to, to, to brighten up my own face? Because, like, I've, dude, I, I kid you not, not even, like, these past, like, two weeks I've been doing this. Because I notice that myself. Like, I'll look at myself in the mirror, and I'm always just, like, just this angry, just bleh, sullen face. And I've started to sunbathe. I'll just stand in the sun, but I'll, I'll try and open up my face as much as possible. Like big smile. Like, ah, like I'm just like, ah, like stoked at, at the sun. And, and it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm, I'm trying to allow myself to wear my heart on my face. What I'm actually experiencing instead of like, I feel really good in here, but I don't want you people to know it. So I'm going to pretend that I'm angry. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to like, like, yeah, I'm excited. Like, look at this. It's cool. It's a beautiful day kind of thing. Yeah. And I do lots of, different work with different people and i know especially in for males it happens for females well but it's like in a different way but for a lot of males to have their chest proud say and high and their head tall mm-hmm. above their shoulders and have that correct posture it's just normal human posture yeah when i get them to do just that exercise and hold it and go for a walk and have a smile they come back with this like you know i've really struggled like who am i to do this like is it aggression is it this and i'm saying no you're just you're just feeling good light happy confident assertive you know, you're there for yourself. Yeah. You're there if your friends need you. You're not aggressive. You're not this mad masculine power person. You know, it's yeah. just like you're just standing like you love life. You love yourself. Yeah. And it's just like we've had so much conditioning, I think, as as from all the influences, you know, from our own lives and traumas and medias and all, just everything. <laughs> so many little powers. Yeah. To, so many games to play. <laughs> oh, so many. <laughs> so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it is a very, um, it is kind of an, an unfortunate thing because I struggle with the same thing. You know, it's like, who am I to stand proudly and to smile at people? You know, it's like, I've done shitty things. I've made mistakes in the past. Shouldn't I feel like a shitty person? It's like, well, no, unless you're still doing those shitty things. Like, are you still, like, are you purposely trying to hurt people? Or do you realize that you were hurt in your past and, and that affected how you interacted with people and you were just hurt? You were coming from a space of pain and, and you reflect that on somebody. That was a mistake. Now you can be become better than that and realize, you know, it's like, I, I don't have to do that anymore. I can move forward. You know, I can step forward. And, and 
it, it is almost like an interesting thing, you know, like you said, you see it a lot in men. I think it is kind of this like fear of joyful masculinity. You know, I don't have to be, I don't have to be brutish and booga booga. And, you know, I don't have to be the biggest, baddest, scariest motherfucker in the room. I can be the most excited person in the room, but I can still carry myself with pride. You know, it's like, I, I do look good. Thank you for noticing. I take care of my body. I really cherish this, this physical vessel that I have. You know, I cherish my face. So I try, I try to keep it clean. You know, it's, I'm, thank you. You know, cause people compliment me on my hair and it's like, thank you. Like I'm, I'm trying my best to, to do it, but I'm just enjoying myself as a male. I can't deny what I am. And I think that's because kind of what you said, what, what society does and what we've been taught through our lives is, um, it's, it's almost like we try to not be what we are. And unfortunately it, it is because there have been so many, you know, negative toxic masculine influences in the past, but it's like, why can't we be the next Bruce Lee's? Why can't we be, you know, Hercules? Why can't we be um, just a proud male? Just, just a boy. That's all we are. You know, it's like a dog. It's that unconditional love. It's like, I'm just having a good time. I'm just expressing me as authentically as I can. And then by doing that, I can't deny an aspect of myself. So I can't deny my masculinity. I can't deny that I'm a guy. You know, I like to have a good time. I like to go out, play, get in the sun, get wet, get muddy. You know, that's good stuff kind of thing. Yeah. No, just when you're saying long hair, I don't know, you know, my, my hair <laughs> really long as well. But I always have to keep yeah. it because I, I can't stand it going in my face. But what I know oh, is yeah, true and growing it is that self-love of like even taking care of your hair, just brushing it keeping the knots yeah up, you know and at the yes can be really frustrating and then that for me is like wait get back to the place of you're taking care of yourself you wouldn't be frustrated at your dog the fact that you have to wash it and give it a nice <laughs> yeah. massage and not just scrub the hell out of it sort of thing you take care and you do it with love so for me it's like yeah. even them little practices you brush your hair does that feel like you're doing it loving if someone was to walk mm -hmm. in would they go are you brushing your hair with love or are you ah, ripping it and right. angry you know and mm -hmm. it's like how does that look and like you said it's just having that outer perspective of if it was a film or a movie with the director go like no you're playing the character all wrong that's not what he acts mm -hmm. like that's not how he behaves that's not his behavior this is a guy full mm -hmm. of love and joy this is he'd be more like this he would stand like this he would have a smile like this you know and then a lot of the time i think if people could look a little bit more at themselves like that like i spoke to someone earlier today on another podcast uh, that i was on someone else's and I was mm. talking about a phone call. And I said, often when we phone someone, we have an idea of an attitude that they hold, mm. you know, and you know who you're going to phone, what you really sort of expect on the other end 99% of the time. And we have certain friends that we're like, do you know what? Anytime I ring them, I know exactly how they're going to be. I'll ring them no matter what. And we have certain people where we're like, do you know what? I don't think I'm going to ring them today because I just know sort of what I'm going to get and I just don't want it right now. And then you have mm. to do that to yourself. What do they think? When they see your name on the phone, do they do they look and they go, "Shall I ring?" What attitude do we hold? You know, and it's right. just having them reflections. And I think that they're it's the attitude we carry. Not say it was we're talking about happiness on this other podcast. And I said, "Don't worry about happiness. Happiness comes and goes. It should." Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> if you concentrate on your attitude, your radiance, rather than your vibe, you know, vibes are up and down. They always are. It's nature, but radiance, you know, it's continuous. So, so what yeah, are you yeah. radiating? Yeah, and I see like from you when I, well, I was so interested, I could see your videos and things you was putting out on Facebook. And I was like, oh, this guy's really radiating. 
you know and it looked like you just were there to shine <laughs> so i couldn't so i really enjoyed your story and what you're sharing where can people actually like do you so you said you've got a martial arts practice where you're training people where is that do you have online content towards that where can people connect with you yeah so first of all i i truly do appreciate that and and i very much agree with that you know your attitude your attitude um is is kind of everything because you can have a positive attitude on a shitty day it's just what you choose to to see in the world i think um but yes so i i do practice martial arts and and i, I do currently still practice and teach myself uh i was at a dojo but i have since left then and i'm actually in the works of starting something of my own so that's that's still very much in the uh kind of the the brain cell stage but uh, you guys, you can find me on Instagram. I go by the tag name Bonyback Rivers. That was just the name that I got when I was in school, and I just kind of kept it. It sounds like a musician um, name or something. <laughs> kind of. Well, it was, so it was an internet quiz, and it was like an internet quiz of like, what's your Colorado River guide name? And it was Bonyback Rivers, and I was like, all right, I'm keeping that. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I am uh, becoming more constant on my instagram i've really recently been putting a lot of work in my tiktok that's been taken off a lot and that i believe should just be my name should just be jed hammond on tiktok um and that is a place where i can express my spiritual content my life advice my coaching advice uh, i do spiritual coaching as well i do one-on-one -on -one sessions as well as working towards uh, group sessions and that I go into, I go into confidence building. I go into breath work, shadow work, meditation, and just all around how to feel, how to feel good again as a, as a human being after, after going through, you know, so much crap. Yeah, nice. And I love that you said again, because to me, it's we're born unconditionally loving. That's what we are. That's our, that's our innate place. We have to get back mm -hmm. there. It's not something new. You know, we get back to where we began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I think in a more authentic way, because now, now, uh, like with us people who, who like we started out as the person that we were before trauma, trauma happened. We kind of lost ourselves in the sauce. We got confused. We wore the masks that society placed on us and the own agreements that we put in our own mind. And then we work our way out. But now we can look back and be like, oh, that's who I really am. Now I can carry that confidence. And now I can be even more authentic in that expression. And I can say like, haha, you know, like, this is me, like, challenge me, I dare you, you know, it's like, I've been tested. And I stand in my truth kind of thing. Yeah. And I think along that journey, as you, and I can see that you do it as you're helping and coaching people in it. To me, it's a bit like Batman has his utility belt. You start to realize you go, I haven't got a mask yeah. anymore, but man, have I got a lot of little utilities and little tools and tactics and tricks that speed this process up. <laughs> Heck yes. Yeah, like I got batarangs for days, man. Don't even try it. <laughs> where, where can people find yeah. So that um that I am building a an actual website for it, but currently uh people can find me through my Instagram and through my TikTok. They're more than welcome to find me on my Facebook as well. My Facebook is just Jed Hammond, uh, but I am in the process of building an actual website so I can have a landing page that people can actually go to sign up for sessions. But right now through DMs, uh, through instant messaging, um, wherever anybody would like to find me, that that's how I've been uh, going about it. Oh, nice. I'll make sure I also put it all in the show notes so people can just simply go down and click it and check you out and at least just follow you. Like I said, I, I saw your little video. I'm going to check it out on Instagram. I don't have a TikTok yeah. anymore. It frustrated me too oh. much. 
<laughs> no, and I was diluting myself with so many online places to be. I was like, right, Instagram, I'm learning Facebook. That's actually new for me. So I was like, Instagram and Facebook. I love YouTube. I've been on that for ages. So I was like, YouTube, mm. Instagram, Facebook. I'll stick, stick to them for now. I'll leave TikTok alone. <laughs> and um, But yeah, so I'll make sure I'll go check you on them. But yeah, I really enjoyed just seeing your little videos, your one minute ones. I think I saw one today where you was talking about just being, um, I wasn't about being authentic. Apologies. I'm actually forgetting now because I listened to it not that long no, ago. Okay. But you, just what you're saying anyway, it's like the more content like that being put into ourselves where it is about growth, you know, it's about accepting yourself, acceptance. And it is about yeah. that, that, that difference. Like you said, the more people you can follow. So even if you don't want one-on-one -on -one coaching or you don't know, if you're already online, follow more content mm -hmm. like that, you know, and it's going to yeah. aid you in your journey just by being surrounded by growth and encouragement. I don't want to say positivity because again, it's a bit like change. Some people are like, oh, positive, positive. It's like just it's right. growing. It, you look at information. Does it make you feel more confident, more encouraged when you finished watching it or engaging in it? Like I said, consuming it, or do you feel a bit tight, anxious, irritated? And then I find that when right. you look at content in that way, you're surprised how much actually leaves you afterwards, full of anxiety, anxiousness, frustration, anger. And then the ones that you yeah. go after, you're like, you know what I'm going to take on the day? I'm excited about this. Or I just feel a little bit better than I did early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Because um, that's also why I try to stay off the social media too much. Because I'll still get like, oh, you know, <laughs> like just sucking in all that information. Um, but no, that that is one thing that I, I really do uh, work on practicing is like like my videos. It's a safe space. Like, like I'm just I'm here to talk with you. I'm a friend. I've been through it. I want to express my love and my compassion. And like you said, it's not always positive sometimes because life's not always positive sometimes. So I just try to give people that, that encouragement. I think if anything, it's like, you can overcome anything like seriously um, just to give like a real kind of deep part of my story. Six years ago, I, I had a gun to my head. You know, I was, I was ready to call it quits, but now I'm, I'm back, you know, again, like I'm, I'm me again. And if anything, I would love to give that to people. So, you know, yes, like you said, you don't have to come and get the coaching. You can just come hang out, get the videos and just experience good times. Yeah. I, I just want to say if you've got to go, um, there isn't really a time limit, but I normally try and keep it to an hour. I'm just curious with what you just brought up. Do you have a bit more time? Yeah. So saying, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You were saying with the yeah. gladiator, because I heard that in your other video, and I thought, oh, it's such a powerful story and stuff. But you was, mm. I just realized you were holding the gun right yeah. i thought someone else was holding a gun to your head like you was in like no. you was getting yourself into that kind of trouble so again we can relate to that because it was about oh man so eight 2015 how long ago was that 2015 nearly eight years ago yeah. Yeah, seven to eight years ago yeah. like i was standing on the edge of a bridge about to jump into six lanes of traffic <laughs> you know so it's been yeah. moments you get right to that edge and I think it was a couple of things, but for me, I think a part of that was the, the martial arts, the fighting, this fighting spirit. Something hit me in the last, last minutes and just said, just fight, find a way, you know, you're going to find a way to find joy, to find love. And it was like an internal quest. And I went on this new path and it wasn't instant in no way was it instant change. Do you know what I mean? But I was in a new direction and I didn't jump. And it sounds like, like you got to that edge instead of a knife's edge, you got to the gun's edge, you know, and you didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah yeah dude like one thank you for sharing that as well because yeah um it's a real precipice it really is and and i think 
you know, from what you and experience and what I've experienced is it really can go either way. And, and it is up to us to make that choice. Um, that like for me, when people talk about like suicidal ideations and stuff, you can't be mad at them, especially as somebody who's been on that precipice. Like, you know what it's like, you know, to what it feels like to be in so much insurmountable pain that the only thing that your brain can think of is just like, cut the cord, end it, done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and that's my little words. It's like, I just can't take this anymore. And I, let's see if this was the same view as well. It was the, and I think Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, about the compelling future. Mm. I could see mm. so clearly that what was going on in my life wasn't going to change tomorrow, wasn't going to change in a week or months or even years, that the pain and the suffering that I was experiencing was going to still be there. You know, life had just kept getting worse. And I was like, it's been years, my whole life has been trauma. And it's, I can see it can't possibly end tomorrow. The only way it can end is, like you said, cut that cord, is to just end it yourself. You know, and it mm. was that not foreseeable future that was a big part. Was that the same for you? It, it was, you know, it was a very, very similar thing. Like, basically growing up my entire life was just trauma after trauma after trauma, back to back, you know. And, and it, it did seem just um just continuous and so like in my brain is like how the hell could i go on why would i want to go on if this is what i'm just supposed to experience if it's just supposed to be pain and anguish and fear and just like how the crap but for whatever reason you know be it the martial arts be it be it that compelling future you know there was something inside of me that's like it, like it, it was li like it literally felt like just like another voice it's like don't fucking quit don't quit do not give up do not give up there is something that you were supposed to be doing there's more to this you just had to endure that for whatever reason right like and, and it was it was just kind of that um you know it did seem scary and i was like well like how because even even when i did make the decision to not um i was still kind of in a negative space you know i was still kind of around bad things and i was like okay just block that out i'm just gonna trust like all right fine whatever and i'm gonna do what i know how to do I, I know how to eat right okay i know i can do that i know how to go to the gym okay i can at least go to the gym you know i can i can you know maybe write again maybe i can sing again you know i can just do those little things that gave me clarity when i was younger you know and i just i like i clung to those things and then slowly but surely they began to build and build and then i i don't know if it was the same for you but you can kind of come to this space where it's it's like walking through a dark forest and you finally come to a clearing you know and you can see clearly again and you're like holy crap like that was a terrifying dark scary forest that was absolutely mortifying but i got out of it and now i can choose to go back into it or I can start heading towards this clearing where things start to make sense again. Things start to, and you can kind of like pick yourself back up and piece yourself back together. Um, and, and I personally think in a stronger way, like you yeah, really definitely. can become strong. Definitely in a stronger way. And what you made me think of with the forest then is like, you know, when you go, if you go into a forest at nighttime, you've got like a spotlight and it's really spooky. It's really dark. You can hear owls or you can hear these noises, it's bugs. And it can, if your light cuts out, you're really freaked out and can be really uncomfortable. But if you go yeah. when the sun's just risen and the light's hitting through the trees and it's like the most beautiful experience, it's the exact same location, exact same environment, but just different light, you know? And it's like that. It's like, you can go back. And then when you go back at nighttime and you've seen it in the light, it's not so scary anymore. You know what was there. 
but now it's dark and you can't see but you have a different again perception a different feeling and for me it's like that and it's like now I, I honestly can say like there's not one part of me that can even imagine taking my life for a second yeah. like it just it just seems like an absolute impossibility impossibility even if i was in prison tortured and life got unbelievably horrendous the last thing i do is take my own life you know it's just yeah. it's, it's just like that isn't even in me anymore it's not it's just i can't see how someone would have to poison me to make me not myself for that to happen. <laughs> it's the only way i could see it you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like yeah trying to do that <laughs> yeah yeah right and, and and I, I, I don't know if it, was, if, it was, if it was this way for you, but um, for me, that ability, right? It's like, I can't see myself doing that, was was finding myself again, was finding, you know, that, that seven, eight-year-old kid who I was before the trauma. And then knowing that that's who I am, not the lies that people told me, not the, the pain that people put on me, not the poison that people were just feeding me because i think that's where we, we we get lost you know we forget who we are but when we when i remembered myself i was like of course i don't want to go this shit's awesome you know it's like i love being me i love being myself why would i want to stop this short but most of the time i think when we're at that place it does come from a place of of, of forgetfulness we forget how much we actually love ourselves and we forget how much we we cherish our own personal sense of well-being um and like dude like one kudos to you for for overcoming that that precipice as, as well and no, no, thank you, thank you for sharing. yeah of I course think for no, me it's it's a, a, uh, not so much even connecting with my child it was like just the self-love and appreciating my body i wouldn't want to physically harm my body by injuring it i wouldn't want to take my life and it's a bit like you said about the dog this uh, can you imagine taking your dog's life just because yeah maybe oh having a hard time it seems insane you know and exactly yeah. that, like i can't there's just i can't imagine doing it you know if you yeah you starvation slowly rather than kill myself because i can't eat <laughs> just yeah like, and I'll, I'll challenge myself i'll be like can i maintain a really good attitude along the way <laughs> and mm. it's just like it's just that sort of game that you end up playing um yeah but you can laugh about it. You can smile about it. And that's why I share content online and share my stories. Thank I thought I'd hide and keep secret. I imagine the same for you. It's like when you get to a certain place, it's like, you know, some people just need to know the possibility of growth, you know, yes. the possibility of you, what you can go through to where you can be. And it's not about material gain. It's not about money. You know, it is an inner being. It is an inner state, you know? So then if you run out of everything, lose everything, that that doesn't dictate who you are as a being and what you radiate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it, I think it really just comes down to who you become and who you can become, you know, and, and really um, get excited and be okay with growing into that. You know, like just like I'm going to grow into somebody better than, than what that was. And yeah. I, I think that's a great way to put it, you know, just that unconditional. Yeah. So if I look a little bit like the emperor or something, but the wind is just no, you look, it's, it looks getting cool. a, it's getting a little chilly and dark, but <laughs> Dude, you know who you know who you actually um you you give off this kind of vibe of do you know Russell Branson? Russell Branson or Russell Brand? Right, is that his name? Or Russell Brand, Russell Brand, Russell Brand. Yes, right? Is that his name? Oh dude, like like even your expression and, and just your, your energy, you have a very similar uh like aura about you i had to, i had to get that out there <laughs> maybe it's the accent as well i don't think my accent's quite as posh as his um and i try and simplify my vocabulary 
<laughs> right, right. I, feel so, oh, I, dig it. I like to be simple. I think simple, smooth, and smooth is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I think that's another uh, a good thing for for a lot of people. Maybe it's like try not to overcomplicate things. You know, try not to overcomplicate yourself, your self image, your self acceptance. You know, I think I think that's a great way to put it. Um, that was one thing I learned in the military was a uh, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Right? Mm. It's like simple. Keep it easy. Keep it slow. You don't gotta go crazy. And then just kind of enjoy the ride, I guess. Yeah, and love it on the way. I have some last because we get into the the end of the show hour in a bit, and I have some last yeah. questions I ask every guest at the end of the show, and they're just some fun little short one answer questions. You can elaborate if you wish. Do you have time okay. for that? I do. I do. Yeah. And I think I know the answer to this one. But if you had to choose one, a cat or a dog? Oh, man. Uh, that's actually, that's actually really hard. Cause what, my first pet was a cat. My first ever pet was a cat Oreo and he was a champion, oh, but I love dogs. That's actually really hard. I'll, I'll uh, help you choose. Yeah. This is because I have cats and dogs and I love them both. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's an unconditional love, but what I've realized yeah. is Danielle's clearly a cat person and I'm clearly a dog person. Once we get down to it and I said, how am I making this distinction? And I was like, basically which one can really get away with anything and i realized the dog for me the dog he can do what he wants uh, and i'll never like it's just whereas for her the cats can do what they want yeah? and i'll be like yeah no they're they're being a bit crazy right now that's just itching my back a little bit say whereas a dog he can just mm. do something it can wind her up and it doesn't bother me in the slightest and i was like <laughs> that's actually really hard because I don't give a shit what either of them do because <laughs> I've lived with both and like I've, I've probably experienced dogs more. Um, like I, my dad still to this day calls me a golden retriever. Like I'm, I'm just kind of a big dog myself. Um, but I think like if, if I were to personally go out and adopt an animal, it would be a dog first. Uh, I think, I think it would be a dog. But I do. I love cats. They're so intelligent. They're so they just fuck off and do their own thing. And it's like you guys are sassy, and I love it. <laughs> nice. And what's your favorite <laughs> color? Um, honestly, I'd have to say like a like a nice like like a sky blue or like a like a lightning blue, kind of just like that really light, light kind of bluish. Nice. And what sound yeah. or noise do you love? Oh, there's a lot of good sounds out there. Um, ooh. I'd have to say like deep ocean sounds. Like like if there's a microphone under the ocean and just like that kind of like verbally sound. Um, I love whale calls. So probably anything to do with, with the ocean or water, I think. Nice. And what sound or noise do you not love so much? uh asmr (laughs) anything that has to do with tiny scratchy whispery sounds i'm like speak up like stop whispering (laughs) like that that just it's kind of like nails on chalkboard for me it's just like yeah you know when that started trending and i was seeing this i was like what is this like popping up on youtube popping on everything and i clicked one and it's just listening someone's like just playing with a microphone or like eating food and i'm like ah it's like what is this i was like this is really irritating stuff yeah (laughs) yeah comforting about it 
I'd have to say the eating is definitely the worst. It's like chew with your mouth closed, like yeah. stop smacking. Yeah, so that's probably that's probably my not so nice place. Nice. Um, what do you love about yourself? I'm I'm pretty kick ass. <laughs> like I've, um, I've I've honestly gotten to a place where it's like I think I'm pretty cool. You know, I'm I'm a real big kid at heart. I love playing. I love singing. I love to express myself. And if there was like one quality that I could say that I really love about myself is can't stop, won't stop. Like I, I cannot stop moving. I can't stop being who I am. And I, and I, I won't ever give up, you know? And then that was something that I learned about myself that I've, I've persevered through many a manly challenge. And so I'm pretty proud of myself for, for standing up to the things that I have. Oh, nice. Um, what do you love to see in other people? Um, genuine self-expression when when somebody I, I love when somebody expresses something that they love like that they care about you know if it's like if it's like uh you know from for myself you know as a geek as a nerd you know i love playing video games still i love anime um when i hear people like talk about those things those little things that they, they that they like that they kind of keep in the closet i love that i'm like yes tell me more because it's exciting because you're excited and it makes me happy so when when somebody is expressing um, something that they're truly excited about, that gets me fucking going. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And last question: What do you love about animals? This can be like wild animals, pets, both. Because they're awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, you kind of grew up in the same era, dude. But Steve Irwin, <laughs> I grew up with a crocodile hunter, and I've always been an animal person. Like I love bugs. I love quadrupeds i love mammals i love uh hunting animals you know i love big fuck off bears and mountain lions and i love gentle deer and like i don't know they're just for me they're all magical like i don't know how to ex how to explain it like they're just they're fuzzy they have too many feet and they smell weird you know i, I just love that <laughs> Like, I love well, that about you, all of them. If you're looking for a partner, there's your requirements right there. If you're going to put a personal ad out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to be fuzzy, too many feet, and you have to smell weird. <laughs> nice. Well, Jedi, it's been, oh, Jedi, it's been amazing to hear your story and connect with you more. And look forward to following your journey and just seeing where life goes and how you continue your service. Thank you, man. Uh, it's been a, a beautiful Beautiful presentation. I loved every little bit of it. Um, and thank you for inviting me. I genuinely yeah, um, welcome. Thank you for sharing. Like I said, it was your own authenticity and openness that brought me in and made me want to get you on the show. Wonderful. Well, then I'll, I'll keep doing that. I'll be better at that. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I'm going to end it here. But if you stay on the line, say line like it's a phone call. I don't even know if it's called. Yeah, stay, right? on the, stay on the wave. Stay on the. Stay on the wave. <laughs> Yeah. yeah radio waves what the hell is it microwaves yeah. stay on the ether and i will say goodbye to the audience thank you everyone for listening and see you next week Bye, everybody i truly appreciate you watching to the very end so you must have liked it so hit that like button and support the podcast on patreon patreon.com forward slash luke greenheart go check it out and see how you can help support my mission to create more content and to be of service have a beautiful day and i'll see you again next week <laughs>